Chapter 19 of Book of the Foundations. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Anne Boulay. Book of the Foundations by St. Teresa of Avila. Translated by the Reverend John Dalton. Chapter 19. It was not two months after I had taken the house at Salamanca, when, on All Saints' Day, I was importuned, in behalf of the auditor of the Duke of Alva and his wife, to found a monastery in that place. I had no inclination to do so, because, the place being small, we should be obliged to have an income, and my desire was, that none of our monasteries should have it. Fray Domenico Bañez, who was my confessor, and of whom I have spoken in the beginning of these foundations, and who happened to be then in Salamanca, chid me, and said, that as the Council of Trent granted leave to have revenues, it would not be well to neglect founding a monastery in this place, that I did not see this circumstance could not prevent the nuns from being poor and perfect, etc., before i proceed further i will mention who was the foundress of this house and how our lord inspired her to found it her name was teresa lays who founded the monastery of the annunciation of our lady of alva de tormes she was the daughter of parents who were both noble and honorable as their wealth was not equal to their ancestry they dwelt in a town called tordillos about two leagues distant from alva it is a great pity that people should be so addicted to the vanities of this world, as to prefer enduring the want of instruction and other things in these small villages, by which instruction light is given to souls, rather than receive one iota from their punctilios, as they call honor, which brings such misery with them. Now her parents having had four daughters, when Teresa de Lays was born, they were greatly afflicted, seeing that she also was a daughter. This is certainly a thing to be lamented, that men, not understanding what is best for them, as they are entirely ignorant of the judgments of God, and do not know the great advantages which may arise from having daughters, nor the great evils which may happen from having sons, should seem unwilling to leave the matter to him who understands everything, and has created us all, but should rather kill themselves for that on account of which they should rejoice, and like people whose faith is asleep, do not advance forward by consideration, nor remember that it is God who orders this matter, and so all should be left in his hands. But as we are so blind not to do this, it shows great ignorance not to see how little good they derive from their murmurings and complaints. O oh my God, how differently shall we understand this our ignorance on that day when the truth of all these things shall be known! And how many fathers shall see themselves sent to hell on account of their sons, and how many mothers, on account of their daughters, shall see themselves taken to heaven? To return now to what I was saying. Things came to such a state, that considering the life of the infant of little importance, on the third day after her birth, they left her altogether, no one heeding her from morning till night. One good deed they did, which was having the child baptized by a priest immediately after its birth. In the evening, a woman came who took some notice of her, and knew all that had passed. She ran to see if the child were dead, and with her some others, who had come to visit the mother, and who were witnesses of what I will now relate. 
the woman taking the child in her arms and lamenting its lot said what my daughter are you not a christian she said these words as if complaining of the cruelty shown her the child lifted up its head and answered yes i am but spoke no more till the time when children usually speak all who heard the infant were astonished and from that time the mother began to love it and take care of it and she often said she wished to live in order to see what god would do with this child she educated her very well and taught her all kinds of virtue the time being now come when her parents wished her to marry she was unwilling to do so for she had no desire but happening to know that francisco velasquez who as her husband is the founder of this house also asked her in marriage she determined to accept him if her parents should mention the matter to her although she had never seen him in her life but our lord saw it was proper that so they might be enabled to accomplish this good work which both of them have done for the service of our lord besides being rich and virtuous he loves his wife so much that in everything he endeavors to please her and very justly so for in her our lord has abundantly given him all that he can desire in a married woman for besides the great care she takes of her house she is also so good that when her husband took her to alva where he was born and it happened that the duke's officers had assigned a lodging in her house to a young gentleman she was so offended thereat that she would not mix in the society of the house but being young and very beautiful in order that she might not be so good the devil began to suggest bad thoughts to the young man from which some evil might have come had she not been so virtuous being aware of her danger without saying anything to her husband she asked him to remove her from this place this he did and took her to salamanca where they lived very happy and in the enjoyment of the goods of this world he holding an office in which all desired to please him and to court him but one thing alone grieved them exceedingly which was that god gave them no son and in order that he might bestow one on them great were the devotions and prayers she made and never did she make any request but that our lord would grant her issue that so when she died her children might praise his majesty for it seemed to her a hard case that her family should cease in her and after her days were ended that no one should praise him she told me that she never had any other object in desiring children and she is a lady of great virtue and so good a christian that very often she excites me to praise his divine majesty in beholding his works and in seeing such a soul so desirous of continually pleasing him and who never ceases to employ her time well having passed then many years with this desire and recommending the matter to st andrew who she was told was invoked in such cases after having performed many other devotions as she lay in bed one night she heard these words do not desire children for you will then condemn yourself she was much terrified at these words but she did not on this account leave off her desires thinking that her object being so very good why should she condemn herself and so she continued requesting our lord to grant her this favor and especially recommending herself to st andrew being once with this same desire she does not know whether asleep or awake but be this as it may she knew the vision was good by the effects which followed she seemed to be in a house where in a court under a gallery was a well 
and on the side of it she saw a meadow and verdure with white flowers, so exceedingly beautiful that she could not express what she beheld. Near the well appeared St. Andrew, in the form of a very venerable and beautiful person. It gave her great pleasure to see him, and he said to her, These are other children, different from those you desire. She was unwilling for the consolation to end which she experienced then, but it did not last long. She clearly understood that it was St. Andrew who spoke to her, without anyone telling her, and that it was the will of God a monastery should be built there. By this, one may understand that the vision was intellectual, as well as presented to the imagination, that it could be no deceit or delusion of the devil. First, it could be no illusion, because of the good effect produced, for from that moment she never more desired children, and she was so firmly convinced it was God's will, that she no more prayed for, nor desired to have children. She began accordingly to consider what steps she should take for accomplishing the will of God. Another proof that it was no illusion of the devil may be given by the effects which followed, since whatever comes from him can produce no good. And yet the monastery is already erected, and in it our Lord is zealously served. And moreover, this happened more than six years before the monastery was founded, whereas the devil cannot know what is to come. Being, therefore, much affected by this vision, she said to her husband, that as God had not been pleased to give them children, they had better found a monastery of nuns. As he was very good and much loved her, he was pleased with the proposal, and they began accordingly to deliberate where to found one. She wished it to be in the place where she was born, but her husband gave her so many good reasons against her proposal, that she saw a monastery would not do there. While this matter was under consideration, the Duchess of Alva sent for Velasquez, and when he came, she told him she wished him to return to Alva, in order to undertake an office in her house. He accepted it, though it was not so lucrative as that he held in Salamanca. As soon as his wife heard of it, she was greatly afflicted, for, as I have said, she abhorred the place. But being assured she should have no more lodgers, she was somewhat pacified, though sorry, because she liked Salamanca better. Her husband soon purchased a house and sent for his wife. She became greatly discontented. She was more so when she saw the house, for although it was in a good situation and spacious, it had not many rooms. All that night, therefore, she was greatly disturbed. The next morning, when she came into the court, she saw a well at the side of it, which appeared just like the one where she had seen St. Andrew, and everything was the same, neither more nor less. I mean the place was the same, for she did not see the saint, nor the meadow, nor the flowers, though they were impressed on her imagination. As soon as she saw this vision she was terrified, and resolved to erect a monastery there, and was very content to remain in the place. Soon after, they both began to purchase some houses adjoining, until they had ground enough for their purpose. She was now much concerned about the particular order she should choose, because she wished the nuns to be few in number, and very retired. Once, having mentioned the subject to two religious of different orders, who were very virtuous and learned, they both told her that it would be better to perform some other good work, and that nuns are for the most part discontented persons, etc. 
as the devil disliked the project he wished to place obstacles in the way and so he made it appear that the reasons they alleged were very good and they having persuaded her that it would not be proper to found the monastery the devil also endeavoring to prevent it made her afraid troubled and at last determined not to found one and so she told her husband of her intention thinking that as such good persons said the foundation would not be proper and that their wish was to serve god they might abandon their design and so they agreed to give in marriage a nephew of theirs her sister's son whom she loved much to a niece of her husband's and to give them the greater part of the property and with the rest to provide for the welfare of their own souls for her nephew was very virtuous and very young in this resolution they both continued fixed and determined but as our lord ordained otherwise their resolution availed little for scarcely had a fortnight passed when a fit of illness came on the nephew so suddenly that in a very few days our lord took him to himself this event extremely affected her for she was afraid that her determination not to do what god had wished to be done was the cause of his death she trembled also remembering what happened to the prophet jonas for not having obeyed god and so it seems god had punished her by taking away her nephew whom she loved so much from that day she resolved not to allow anything to prevent her from founding the monastery her husband made the same resolution though how to execute it they knew not it seems that god then infused into her heart what is now done but those to whom she related and described how she wished the monastery to be founded laughed at her thinking she would never obtain what she desired her confessor a franciscan friar and a learned and eminent person afflicted her the most about that time it happened that this friar went to a certain place where he heard some account of these monasteries of our lady of carmel which were then being founded having obtained every particular connected with them on his return he told her he had now discovered how she might found the monastery she was speaking of and which she desired to erect and he mentioned to her all that passed and that she could treat with me on the subject and so she did we had a great deal of trouble in making our agreement for i have always endeavored that the monasteries i founded with revenues should have sufficient so as to prevent the nuns from being obliged to go to their friends or to any one else but that all things necessary for diet and clothing should be given them in the house and that the sick should be well attended to since for want of necessaries many inconveniences arise as to the erection of many monasteries in poverty without revenue i have never wanted courage or confidence being assured that god would never be wanting to them but when i erected them with revenues and these inconsiderable everything fails me and therefore i consider it better not to found them at length they listened to reason and gave sufficient money for the number and moreover which i highly esteemed they left their own house to bestow it upon us and went to another very wretched and inconvenient the most blessed sacrament was put up and the foundation made on the feast of the conversion of st paul in the year 1571 for the honor and glory of god and there i think he is greatly served may he be pleased to advance it more and more i had begun to give some particulars concerning certain sisters of these monasteries 
thinking that when these things came to be read, those who are now alive would not then be living, and that those who came after might be excited to carry on such just beginnings. But I thought afterwards that someone would be found to relate them better than I could, more in detail, and without the fear I have that others would consider me an interested party. I have, therefore, omitted many things which he who has seen and knows them cannot help but considering miraculous, because they are supernatural. But of these I do not wish to relate anything, nor to mention those favors which our Lord has granted through their prayers. In reckoning the years in which the monasteries were made, I suspect some mistake, though I have used all possible diligence, for as I remember them, I mention them. This does not matter much, for the dates may afterwards be corrected, according to the best of my memory, and if there be any mistake, the difference will be but little. End of chapter 19